Around the NFL podcast is really digging the Mike McCarthy glow up. Oh, from the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's the Around the NFL podcast. Dan Hans is here, Greg Rosenthal. And in the new studio for the first time, and what a treat. It is Connie Fox. What a place this Whoa. is. It's like uh, it's still got that new car smell. Everything is like bright and shiny. People are smiling, I think, because they're wearing masks, but their eyes are smiling. Uh-huh. You were just giving me major like Kristen Wig vibes of that character. She was like, she was like oh, I'm so excited. Turn this up for my headphones, Ricky. Not the first time I've been called that, Kristen Wig. Blow your house down. But now, now I'm back into the wolf vibes. The main reason we're here uh, with you, Connie, because uh, the Eagles lost by 20 points on Monday Night Football. And it could have been 38. You could blur that out, right? That, that loss? Blur it out from my memory. But it's great to have you, Connie, sitting in for Mark Sessler, who is on the mend. And, uh, you know, we told Mark, take your time, get right, come back. And he is very antsy, but also knows... Um, he needs to give this a little time. So Mark is on the right path. Everybody should know that he's not in a hospital. He's recuperating at home, but he's taking it easy. And Connie, nice enough to be in the Sessler chair. And when you're in the Sessler chair, Connie Fox, mm-hmm. the tiny box, you got to bring that Sessler energy. Well, I definitely had to come in this week after you called me big box last week. Like that's not going to happen. So that's, that's the, a great way to get my I, studio. I floated huge box. Uh, huge box. That's what it was. I'm so, sorry. I stand corrected. <laughs> Um, But I don't think that one's going to take. All right. I hope not. Please. (laughs) And we will. You're always on on the Tuesday show to talk Thursday night football. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. The Jacksonville Jaguars at Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, We'll get caught up to date. Caught up to uh, date on if Colleen used any of um, ATN slang and any other Mm. uh, ATN Easter eggs on last Thursday's telecast on NFL Network. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, coming up later in this episode as well. We will, uh, we're going to break down any, we'll call it this, buy or sell on extreme starts. Ooh. So teams that are 3-0, and teams that are 0-3, maybe teams that aren't uh, winless or undefeated, but have had kind of extreme starts, uh, if we want to touch on some teams there. So let's check in on where teams are as we head toward week four. But before any of that, we got to close the door on week three, and yes, we got to do it in Big D and talk about the Eagles. Let's do it. Hurts in the gun. Goddard sets up right. Back to throw. Check down. Over the middle. Intercepted by Diggs. Right sideline. 30. Diggs 20. Diggs house. Devontae Smith fell down, and Trayvon Diggs is the second Cowboy ever to intercept in the first three games of the season. Connie is looking skyward for answers on this Eagle season. There are none coming. Nope. Brad Sham, the Sham God for KRLD. I'll tell you what, Greg Rosenthal, that trade on Diggs is a player. He's a nice little player. Talk about a glow up. Yeah, glow up. His pick six. Really sealed the deal early in the third quarter for the Cowboys, who got ahead early on the Eagles and coasted from there. 41-21 final at Jarrah World. And uh, Connie, you got the a nice, a really nice win in week one on the road in Atlanta. Then the Eagles in week two uh, fight hard against a very good 49ers team. Come up short. Could have went the other way if they execute better. But they didn't. And now... How do you make sense of a total blowout at the hands of a division rival like this? The worst part was the fact that it was in prime time against the Cowboys. So it was just insult, insult, insult. Right. And it, like I asked my mom yesterday before the game, oh, like, what are you going to do tonight? Well, what, are you, what are you and dad up to? And she's like, we're going to watch the Eagles lose. So she <laughs> she already knew what was coming. That's a why true I'm, Philadelphian. Exactly. I'm wearing my uh, bad things happen in Philadelphia shirt today because I can feel the anger all the way here in Los Angeles. Right. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, this, this team looked a mess last bad, night bad, bad, and bad. it started off right away with the Cowboys just coming out to such a hot start and they were feeling themselves and, and you could see it at the half. The Cowboys had more first downs, I believe, than the Eagles had run total plays. So it was just all so one at the end of the first half. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you saw this stat, but this was wild. At the end of the first half, the Cowboys had a 19 to one first down uh, advantage. I mean, it's outrageous. And it, it, even our response to it is a little outrageous because, like, Connie, you're a Philly, Philly fan. Gonzo, is he still a Philly fan? I mean, he's... well, he, you know, he was born there, so I guess it comes Who? with the territory. But yeah, he was. Or, in... No, actually, he was born in Vegas. I stand corrected. Yeah, I think we have that in his bio, maybe. Yep. But uh, John has been in too many press boxes, so sometimes he has a detached viewpoint on sports. But you're saying that secretly he's a little upset about the Eagles letting you down. He when he doesn't really get upset about. The Eagles or Philadelphia teams, he, he's either he's happy about it or then he kind of just laughs at them. So mm. it's not really it's I think it's a defense mm. mechanism yeah, more than and, anything else. And like what I was getting to is like, I'm sneaky an Eagles fan. I don't know if you know that. About what? Me, no, you're but not. I, I really am. I think Dan would know. Well, Greg's I, a fan of 30 no, to 31. Teams. I, I always yeah. I always root for them. I've loved them since Andy Reid was there. How can you not love Andy Reid was always one of my favorite. Yeah, but Andy Reid's now at the Chiefs. Teams. To watch, I know, but years. it's like I know, I know people who like the Eagles who maybe work for the Eagles. My daughter likes the Eagles for some reason; she just <laughs> likes birds. <laughs> Anyways, I've overrated them going into this, but they like they're not the main characters here. They're just kind of there. Like this was a story about the Cowboys. The oh, Cowboys yeah. are one of the stories of the 2021 season. The Eagles. Maybe they'll have a chance to be friskier in the mix or not. Like the, everyone looked at this division as like, well, maybe it only takes seven, eight, nine wins. No, I mean the the ceiling has been raised significantly. Number one, the offense, which you thought, okay, on paper, maybe this is one of the best offenses in the league. But for Whisper. some reason, I was doubting it. Um, I wanted to see Dak back from his injury. I wanted to see the offensive line all back from their things. I wanted to see it all work again. And then you watch it for these three games and you're like, oh, wait, these are all veterans who have been with Kellen Moore forever, who are awesome continuity and a quarterback who is in total control. And then the bigger surprise is that Dan Quinn has their defense playing frisky. And suddenly I'm looking at this Cowboys team. I'm thinking this is not a division that should be close. They are going to be the heavy favorites in all their division games. They are the best offense not just in the division, but maybe in the entire NFL. And these, this is going to be a story. I'm falling for I mean, I'm not falling for these Cowboys, but I'm believing yeah. it. Well, I don't know how much you can put, like how much stock can you put into the fact that the, the Cowboys with the Eagles looking so bad but last the Eagles night. hadn't given up a play over 20 yards like all season going into this game. And I know they were playing the Falcons and the 49ers, but they were extremely competitive and looked pretty well coached on defense. And I know they've lost some players and that that's going to hurt them. But to me, it's more just about great offense versus a good defense in great offense is going to walk, walk them all over the field. Kind of like they did to the chargers, even though that it didn't show on the scoreboard, they, they have moved the ball really well. Three straight weeks. I wrote in the new power rankings, the first line I wrote, the Cowboys look like the best team in the NFC East and it's not particularly close. So, this idea that a lot of us had coming into the season that this division could play out like it did last year, where it's a bunch of fumbling teams around 500, maybe a 10 and seven team comes out of the mix, but it's probably like nine and eight beats out eight and nine to go to the playoffs. I don't know, man, this looks like a 10 or 11 win cowboy team. And if we're giving Kellen Moore credit, we're giving Dan Quinn credit. I know he's not a popular character here, but Mike McCarthy no, is I'm not giving coach. him any credit. And I, I know really he made not. some time management errors. What does he really do there? Half. You know what he's going to do is watch Kellen Moore become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys yes. like after this season, even if they go to the it's, playoffs. It's That's one of I my least favorite tropes of this podcast where we become enemies. We, we see veteran coaches as enemies and don't give them any credit without realizing that they're running the operation. So if the coaching staff is thriving, you have to give the boss some credit. He's not a boss getting a massage up there by himself during team meetings. Oh, wait, he was at some point, <laughs> but that was a long time ago. The point being that Monday was filled with mojo moments uh, <laughs> for Mike McCarthy's team. And I, it's not just it's not just C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper that are making big plays. It is Ezekiel Elliott. After all that hammering, Zeke looks fine. He had a big game here. It is Tony Pollard. It's it's a great one-two punch there. Dalton, Dalton Schultz is making plays. I don't know where they get these guys, these Novacek, Witten, Schultz types, but the Cowboys always seem to do it. And Trayvon Diggs, 
Um, they needed stars and talked about this before the season to emerge on defense. Micah Parsons seems like he's going to be that guy. Trayvon Diggs could be a star in the back end. I do want to just point out, too, with all the Tony Pollard buzz that was going on, like he wasn't facing nearly the amount of stacked boxes that Zeke mm. was. So a lot of that had to do with his success early on in the season. But this game, I know that we don't want to talk so much about the Eagles because they were such <laughs> a mess. But I do want to just say okay. I thought that it was really weird, the entire game plan, the fact that they didn't run the ball, especially in the first half. Like, yeah, I know you fall behind. You don't run the ball, I'm but they did not that. come out and run at all. I mean, they tried to surprise them and didn't. They're, the Cowboys third string back, Corey Clement, who used to actually play for the Eagles, had more carries than the Eagles number one guy like this. That should not be. Where does mm. this coaching staff fall on Miles Sanders? I, it doesn't seem like they are interested in making him a focal point of the offense. And he's shown in the past that he could be that. Yeah. And the first two games of the season, the Eagles ran the ball well. It's like, you know what? Nick Sirianni and your highlighter and your visor. Why don't you like focus Uh-oh. on some run plays? On that play How about the way huh? he puts his pen in the side of the visor, like Uh-oh. vertically? That's Rubs me little, the wrong way. It's a, a little strange. Uh, listen, a tough game script there for their running game. So you got to say that. But also, this is a team that got penalized 13 times for 86 yards. And um, it was just a, a well, bury the ball game. They don't make sense unless they're a really great running team. And you know, I've been wrong about a lot of things this season. Getting too excited about the Eagles, thinking that they could be kind of Baltimore North. Are they north of Baltimore? Yes. They are. Uh, Nailed it. That Their offense only makes sense if Jalen Hurts and their running game is the basis of it. And it wasn't that way in week two against San Francisco. They really didn't run it that effectively. Or He scrambled a lot, but it was just out of structure scrambles. And they didn't even try in this game. And to me, that's like the only way that they're going to make sense and be frisky. But like you got to give Quinn, who hasn't been um, a, a coordinator for a while, some credit that We've all we wanted out of this Cowboys defense is just like, hey, can you be average? Because if you're average, then this team is a championship type contender. And they've been frisky. They've been missing players up front, including Demarcus Lawrence. And yet they're still getting a lot of production. It's not it's not just Parsons. It's the rookie. A Diggy Zua is playing pretty well for them. Um we know Parsons is going to be like a defensive rookie of the year. Diggs is a player. Jaron Curse has played great at like safety. They don't need to be amazing. Suddenly, I think like I don't know. It, this good in offense, they have, uh, they have great potential. It like right, they, they right, throw right, in a right, right, they throw in a right tackle for Lyle Collins, and he stuffs the Eagles all night. He was, the, you didn't hear a word out of Terrence Steele. I am, uh, I'm going to appeal to your desert, desert lo- loving life, Greg. I'm going to set the over under now after three weeks for the two one Cowboys at ten and a half. I'll go over, but I, I want to look at the schedule. But I would go over. I did pick them to win the division. Oh, look at so you. There's something. I had picked Washington, I believe, but that <laughs> Same. is that doesn't feel like it's it's gonna happen right now, but it's still very early. Let's see what happens. But for for now, the Cowboys rule the East and it, it seems definitive. All right. That's Monday night football. Oh, and they might have the best quarterback in the league, too. I mean that <laughs> we didn't bring up that. I'm just saying, but like that's the there's thing. There's so that, many things. Like that's the thing that gets me going more than anything is that he is a veteran quarterback who's been surrounded by these players in the same system. It's pretty rare in the NFL to have a group together like this. And maybe this is the group it all comes together because he seems like to me, he is like the Peyton and Eli Manning. I was watching the Manning cast for the first time last Eli night. threw up the double bird. That was in the middle That's of why the I game. said blur it out. Can that we blur out the, the loss? <laughs> oh, that's Because uh, <laughs> Walker, Walker hates the Manning cast. So while he's awake, we watched the first half together. My son. Right. He's like, what are these guys talking? This right. is distracting. He doesn't want it. But once he went to bed, the second half, watched the Manning <laughs> cast. It's amazing, by the way. Mark was totally right. I don't need the guess. Right. I just, I just want to hear the Mannings. The analysis is better than... Any that's the any problem. Football. There are too many guests, but mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. The, 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 any analyst like they have way better analysis. But what I heard from both of them was like their appreciation for a kindred spirit in Dak Prescott. That I, I know they love all quarterbacks, but like I, I said it a couple weeks ago too when he played Brady. Like, who is the successor to the Brady Manning type of quarterback? To me, that's Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Like more than any quarterback in the league. Like. He is in control of everything. He understands everything. And that's him and Kellen Moore. But I just think he's he has more like more he, next level mental things to go. And you are going to have to really throw some things at him. A different call 
every other play. Like Nick Saban was one of the guests, not to keep rambling, I'm sorry. And Saban was just like making a joke. You know, he learned when he was the Dolphins, because he's like, if I showed you the same coverage two plays in a row, we learned that we were dead. Like that was something you just can't do in the NFL. And that's what Dak is to me. It's like Tom Brady, Dak, those guys, like if you don't keep mixing it up every other play, he's going to freaking kill you. I saw everybody ripping Saban because he had terrible lighting. Was he like uh, <laughs> he had bad lighting? From a closet? He didn't really understand. There's like a game going on, and he sort of treated it like an interview. He had some pretty interesting answers actually, of like why doesn't everyone play hurry up all the time, like like they do in college? And I was just easily because like it really hurts yeah. the defense, and that's how every college team plays. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a good note. But this is Nick Saban. That was Nick Saban. But he, also, he was an NFL head coach, right? He was. He was. Yeah. How'd that go? Those Dolphins teams were Zing. underrated. Um, they they he took a terrible roster and went All ten right. and six, which is a little okay. Nick Saban was a great NFL coach. No, we do. We have to litigate everything. I'm just saying. Do you remember that first Saban season? They won. Yeah. They were a winning team with a terrible I'm roster. It was you know a fairly unmemorable run. He's a, a college guy, but maybe you're right. What was that? 2004 or something? Was later, right? later than that, six because it was Drew Brees' first year in New Orleans. Six and seven. All right. The Dak thing, I think, is snuck up on a lot of a lot of us because before going into, I don't know if it was the year before or last season, you weren't quite sure where he fit in in terms of is he an elite guy, is he a step below, and now there's just no question. Well, because a lot of it was yeah. like, oh, well, he's got a Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like, and, and it that felt like that he was garbage. almost Zeke was like the face of the offense right. at that point. Um, all right, now let's get into it. I. Uh, did some research. It's very busy. Tuesdays are very busy for uh, Tugboat. Tugboat Tuesday on Tugboat NFL Network. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Tate didn't know about Tugboat. I was disappointed. He just called you Dan the Man, right? He called me Dan the Man. Then he's like, uh, hey, Dan. Or, and then I was like, hey, what's up, Gold? He's like, you're not so ex- This is on Good Morning Football. You're not so excited to talk to me, I guess. I was like, I don't know. I said hello. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? It was a weird moment. It made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Golden Tate. Oh my goodness. Wait, this was on air. I gotta yeah. check this yes. out now. That's yeah. good. Um but it's good. He's doing a nice job in the uh the Nate chair. You're in the Mark chair. Mm-hmm. Golden's in the Nate chair. Um buy sell on extreme starts. You're in the Connie chair. I mean, she's done enough full shows at this point. I'm a utility we, we, player. We can reserve the chair. I mean, we can put pressure on to, you. What do you? You don't need to be on the white knight a horse right now, Greg. I'm, of course, Connie's a part of the show. She's the fabric of the show. But I was just mentioning that that's Mark's chair. Dan, how is Greg making you feel today on the show? He's hurting me. <laughs> uh, but emotionally. I, Talk about I, that. I was kind of pivoting this to like, we can have a weekly chair here for you on Tuesdays. This oh, doesn't oh have that's to so just, nice. Oh, I'm sure she'd take a, us up on that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a one-time <laughs> thing where you're... Well, Connie has another podcast now. On Tuesdays. Well, wait, we record on Tuesdays uh, and it drops on Wednesdays next week. Coming up, Split Ends. It's basically odds and ends. Just a whole podcast of it. Oh, that's that's a great sound. So you jacked the IP of this program for your own. Sure did. That's fine. That happens a lot. I think it's smart. On NFL media. (laughs) But hey, Erica, what is this show about? Like, where do you come in? Are you going to be giving a spit and some takes too? Oh, yeah. Or you just make fun of Colleen during the episode? Like, how how do you see it playing out? Yeah, no, it's both of us. Uh, We're talking about fun um, stories around the league. Like, Matt Nagy was in a McDonald's hiring commercial. I mean, you can't. I mean, that's, really? That's yeah. Hilarious. See, this this is the stuff that you will learn. Damn. Yeah. All right. So talking about the fun stuff around the league and and you know. split ends. Mm-hmm. Is that I have the some thing scoop that... there. It is uh, ice cream that we're gonna taste test next week. Ooh. Yeah. All right. That's fun. We do did you a think... photo shoot yesterday. That was fun. Do you think Colleen is in it for the long haul? Do you think she's gonna be a, <laughs> on the show every week, or it's gonna be one of those things <laughs> where she's on the first episode and then the second episode ends up getting delayed two days, but it goes yeah. up, yeah. and then all of a sudden th- weeks, you know, six and seven she's out of town or something yeah definitely where's your concern level that this is not gonna be a regular no concern level isn't isn't good we had a good business meeting over coffee yesterday i think we kind of set our expectations (laughs) (laughs) i I think tamposi is looking at this as a real opportunity to have her own show coming up in the future (laughs) yeah yeah the show must go on whether connie's there or not all right check out split ends when's the first episode going up the trailer dropped today so the um the feed is live on spotify iheart stitcher Um, good yeah, I'll check, check that out. out. Subscribe. Subscribe, everybody. Let's uh, take a break. Let's get to it. I did my research is what I was trying to say. Even though it's Tugboat Tuesday and I'm very <laughs> busy. Uh, I love that. Um, 
I checked in. There are five three and O teams. This is research. Mm. There are five O and three teams. Okay, and uh, but it's still week three, Greg, and and a lot can change. So maybe we could cherry pick from those teams. And uh, let's start there, Greg. Let's start with the winless and undefeated teams. Then we can get to the teams that are have a win or, uh, or uh, two wins also. But um, why don't you get us going, Mr. Rosenthal? Mm, you want me? I would see. I was going to pick a non uh, a non winless team, but let's let's start with the Broncos then. OK, if because that's kind of what I was kind of leading toward. I knew you want to. I want to. Well, I just want to hear where you guys are at with them, because look, they, they've won three games by the score of 76 to 26. Right. That's, you know, if you just heard those stats, you would think that's awesome. This mm-hmm. is the best team in the league. Right. Point differential. I don't think anyone sees them that way. Um, but now that they're going to face kind of the, the meat of their schedule to get Baltimore this week, I'm curious how you guys kind of think they can move through this season because the injuries really concern me so far. It, if you name the players that are out for them, it's a lot of their best players. KJ Hamler blew out his knee. This weekend, and that that was a bummer because we know we already lost Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Even though he he popped in week two, it's still a guy that's coming back from a serious knee injury himself. So you're you're wondering there, but I will tell you this, Greg. So I have I have the Broncos at at uh, twelve in the power rankings, which is kind of like wait and see. You're not really buying, but Mm -hmm. also I'm in wait and see mode. Uh, but also giving them respect for winning three in a row. It is just, and this wasn't something I did for effect. It's literally the the situation that they their season, their wins are against the teams that are 30, 31, and 32 in the power rankings. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, historically, this is one of the softest starts to a schedule you've ever seen. So my my issue is not that I don't think they're good, because I think they are. Even though they're beating bad teams, they seem sound on both sides of the ball and well-coached. I just don't know how you can't be in a little bit of a hold mode until you see what they do against a real competitor. And I think the Ravens certainly fit the bill. This is a great game to look forward to in week four. This was going to be my first team that I was going to sell on the show today because you look at the quarterbacks that led the teams that they beat. Yeah, I am. I am because I love I'm buying. You know what? Uh, I do. I love Teddy Bridgewater, Greg. Um, I want you to know that. I want you to just like here, take that in. Okay. Nice guy. <laughs> the defense is very talented as well. Um, but beating the Giants, Jags and Jets, who are now combined 0 and 9, um, that doesn't really uh, inspire a whole lot of confidence. And doesn't it, light up your Christmas tree. Connie. It does not. That's not what it does. Uh, I just want to see them beat teams that aren't led ah! by Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach. <laughs> Wilson, I, the Ravens absolutely will be a, a better test for them this week. I like that they have the plus three turnover margin. Um, that's kind of what you get when you have Steady Teddy in there. But like Steady Teddy, I like yeah, that. But he, Steady Teddy. his decision making in the past, he's almost been overrated for it. Like he made a lot of mistakes considering he's not like a big playmaker, and he has been on the money. I do worry though, Hamler and Judy. I mean, those are your two kind of quickness guys that get open in space. Patrick and Sutton are similar players. They're not going to get that open. They're the guys on the outside. But they have a running game. If Glasgow and um, and Reisner, who are their two guards who got hurt in that game, are coming back, Judy gets back eventually, maybe Chubb gives you something. Like, their their offense has been really good. I know, I know the matchups have been solid, but, like, they looked like the best offense so far against the Jets. Um, you know what I mean? Yes. Like they looked like they've been very under control, well coached, and they have a really good one two punch in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I, I think that Teddy is undeniably an upgrade over what they had last year. And and I am leaving the door open to see that he's going to actually be closer where you saw him and be a legitimate good quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think this is a Super Bowl team, but I am buying in the mm. sense that I, I do think with this hot start, with the fact that they're, they look so good, I think they can win 10 games. I, that's where I kind of pegged them right now. Not a dominant team, but a solid team that might end up eating up one of those wild card spots. I'm just worried about the health of the team. Like that's an issue. I mean, Chubb being on IR with the ankle injury, and obviously, um, you just ha- you have Darby a lot. Darby of- was another guy I didn't mention. One of their highest paid players. Yeah. So, so I'm buying at like a discount. Is that? I mean, ten wins is going seven and seven the rest of the way. It's kind of. And yeah. I know it's a tough division, and you're gonna have to play uh, the Browns, for instance, out of division two. But 
I'm, I'm more optimistic. So you're buying, but you don't feel great about the purchase? Yeah, I, that- I feel like buyer's remorse could happen. <laughs> but I also, I'm not buying it and thinking, oh, I'm going to put this right in the middle of my living room. Now I'm thinking of them as like some type of piece of art or something, like, okay. a, like a vase. Mm-hmm. It's like this one, I'm going to actually put this maybe in the guest bedroom on the uh, dresser, you know, the dresser that used to be in my bedroom. And then I got a better dresser. So I moved <laughs> guest it to the bedroom guest bedroom. Gets all of the recycled <laughs> stuff that you kind of just want to like push out of where it is in your house. So I bought like a, you know, <laughs> moderate vase. All right. That's the Broncos to me. All right. What about you, uh, Connie? Okay, so I am selling the team, the last team that I saw on Thursday Night Football. I'm going to sell the Panthers, who are 3-0. So right off the bat, the two 3-0 teams that everyone's freaking out about, Connie's selling on them both. And and it's like a, it's a light sell on I'm the Panthers. <laughs> um, but I just think that Sam Darnold, he, yes, he played, he played well. Um, he's played well this season. I liked last week he had the two it's rushing touchdowns. Um, I'm just really worried about Christian McCaffrey and this offense if he loses significant time. Because when he went down in that game with the hamstring injury in the second quarter, uh, you could see that Darnold was a little rattled and then he shook it off and was okay. And everyone's thinking, okay, it's just a hamstring. They didn't put him on IR. But honestly, based on what I saw after the game when I was leaving the stadium and I saw Christian McCaffrey and he was he was on the cart. He was sitting in the front seat with the driver. He had crutches. He had his hood over his head and he the look on his face it looked like he was sick and that made me feel sick for him. Mm. So it just to me in that moment, looking at him and that's, that's not any inside information or anything else. It's just a gut feeling by looking at his facial expression. It just doesn't seem like it's something he's going to be bouncing right back from. And I think that that will really hurt the offense. I think you're absolutely right. I think the Sam Darnold's experiment in Carolina really hinged in a lot of ways on Having CMC be be the linchpin and and the fact that he's not on IR tells you they think they could get him back within three weeks. However, you actually saw Christian on the cart. I I wasn't even part of the conversation, but I overheard a conversation with a prominent retired NFL player um, at some point in the last twenty four hours. And <laughs> I'm, he, tr- I'm trying to guess so hard right and now. He. Uh, was saying like that's that's major that's a problem that's a problem because even if <laughs> even if uh, McCaffrey comes back that's something that sticks with an athlete if you really pop a hamstring badly and to expect him not only to come back but to come back and be the workhorse again his body is probably not going to allow that and I would imagine a lot of McCaffrey's um, what made him so upset that night is he missed all of last year. Right. And now he has another injury. He's just making a stutter step. So I'm selling with you. And I'm curious where you stand, Greg, on Darnold, because we haven't had a really a chance to talk about him yet. And I know you've been famously kind of out on him um, the last couple of years. I, I sometimes I feel like I, I can't even provide any real analysis with Darnold because it's just it's a little too hot for a Jets fan mm-hmm. to try to figure out where things are at right now. I see him and I'm watching him. It's like he's definitely better than he was in his last year or two in New York. But I also see a guy that maybe five weeks from now, we're going to have a different view of what his season is with the, with the Panthers. Yeah. He hasn't had to do much beyond hit his first read. And he's done that. Well, like he puts it in there. He's been pretty accurate. There was a couple second reaction plays where he had to do something on his own. Generally, if you pressure Darnold at all, he struggles. And their whole offense so far has been McCaffrey or DJ Moore on these option routes. And they're going to have to expand that. That said, I think that's great coaching. Like, they, it, they've almost put a clinic on, like, week one, we're going to do this. Then we're going to build it up a little more. Then we're going to build it up a little more. And you look at their schedule. You got the Cowboys this week. That's a tough game and a better defense, but not a defense that scares you. And you got a lot of winnable games until a totally brutal stretch run. Their last four games is at Bills, the Bucks twice, and at the Saints, which is just crazy. But I see a lot of doable games. To me, I think the offense is going to be good enough. It's whether the defense can be this like otherworldly and whether that's just about the fact that they've played Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, and Davis Mills. Yes, that's probably a big factor. Like if their defense can stay in the top seven defenses, let's say all year, then they are for real. I'm just holding. 
because I, I think I think they're going to be a story all season. I think they're going to be in the playoff mix, and they might they might get to the playoffs. Playing the Cowboys though with that defense, and that's your biggest question to see whether or not we'll they're sustainable. I mean, losing J.C. Horn is a huge huge blow for that defense, I and mean, he'll possibly return later this year. But he's going to have to have surgery. They just traded for C.J. Henderson to try and help, but that's. That's tough in the middle of a season. Uh, C.J. Anderson has already Mm -hmm. struggled to adapt to the pro game after being the ninth overall pick. Also kind of interesting that, and it's one of those things where summer football talk, you know, the football guy just laughing at you. All that Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold talk, and now that's not even a thing anymore because he's not even on the team. Uh, But uh, obviously... that was a great trade Matt for Rule, the Panthers. Yeah, Matt Rule sees pick. something there. I mean, that's that's a not a top 10 pick four years ago. That was last spring. The ninth pick in the entire draft was C.J. Henderson, a cornerback that has elite skills. So maybe a, a change of environment, that could be a steal. And then if J.C. Horn gets back, whether it's this year or next year, you might have a, a serious nucleus in that back end. Now, I'm going to buy on a team because we can't just sell on everything. What kind of, kind of show is this? We were doing our Around the NFL TV show, the broadcast with uh, Weish and Claybon on Friday, and they'll be joining us again this week. And about, I don't know, Greg, it was about an hour and 40 minutes into the show, and you're like, have we just been relentlessly negative on the show? <laughs> so I'm going to do something positive, and, and maybe we'll be more positive on the television program Friday as well. I'm buying on these Raiders. I'm in. Um, I'm buying on the start. It seems sustainable to me. Um, it's been dramatic, of course. Dramatic wins over the Ravens. A dramatic win over the Dolphins. That was a fun, weird game, by the way. The Dolphins score 14. The Raiders score the next 25. Then the Dolphins score the final 11. Then they trade field goals. And then the Raiders win on that amazing. It's one of the best games of the season. Great game. And uh, um happy that handsome Hank was there with his son. And his son got to slap Dan Marino's hand coming out of the tunnel. Aww. Just a great, great thing. But anyway, the Raiders are a vibe in that in that stadium. And now I look at their schedule. So they're three. No, they got they're across the sidewalk here um, on Sunday. They got the Chargers. That's a tough Monday night. That's a, a Monday night. Mm. That 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 is a great game. And imagine they win that game. If they ever got past the Chargers this week, and it's not crazy that they could beat the Chargers. They then get the Bears at home at Denver. Another toughie home Eagles at Giants. So I think there's a very real chance at the midpoint. Well, what was the traditional midpoint? But now just about the midpoint of the season, they're going to be six and two or seven and one even. Uh, and that is going to that's going to play. That's going to play to the point where in a loaded AFC West, you might actually have a chance to win that division. I'm not getting ahead of myself there because I know what the Raiders have done in past years under John Gruden. But this year feels different. Yay or nay, Greg, I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying. Because I think the defense, similar to Dallas, is going to be okay enough. And it's been better than that so far. They've won, you know, two kind of crazy close games. So there's some variance there. Derek Carr can't play any better, but I don't think that that should be used as a negative. He's just playing the best that he's ever played. Like, he is one of the five best quarterbacks in the league thus far. No question uh, about it. He's someone who's been in the system a long time. He's got enough weapons. Yeah, that yeah. This whole division, I'm buying the whole division. I said that last week. I was kind of say, trying to say, I think all these teams are good. That's possible. You're buying the whole division. I'm just buy. I just bought it up. You're this, buying the AFC West. The Raiders West were... Coast bias. Oh uh, yeah, that's we, true. We are we are the best. Uh, we try to avoid those things. The, we are now. the best time zone. I mean, our sports schedule is way better. It's pretty good. The weather is better. Yes, West Coast biased. Mm-hmm. I wasting do. Wasting your time back east. I love the wow. NFL schedule. <laughs> On the West Coast. It's great. The Raiders were the team that I had the (laughs) most questions about for this exercise. I wanted I I couldn't tell if I was buying or selling or or what I should do here. And I just have so many questions about them because I wonder if they can consistently outscore better offenses in the league. Their defense, I think, has a couple questions uh, with the linebackers and in the secondary. Lamar definitely helped them out week one with the fumbles and Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins just took them to overtime. So I don't know what you guys are thinking about the Dolphins, but does that maybe give you a little bit of pause, maybe temper any of your expectations after seeing that game? It actually, what it did was remind me how smart the Dolphins are for having capable backup quarterbacks because I thought Jake Brisket played really well there in that game. Yeah, I don't think the Raiders are obviously dominant by any stretch on defense, but they have an identity with that pass rush now. 
and if they could just, you know, make enough plays, uh, Carr with this offense, they have a chance to do that thing that we talk about so, so many teams now in the modern NFL, just play okay defense and then score like hell when you have the ball. And that's what they've been able to do so far. 33, 26, and 31 points in the first three weeks. They're, yeah, their offensive line like has been a little up and down. They're a totally different team than they were the last few years. They're not a great running team. The offensive line is up and down. But I do think they're getting enough contributors in the defense where I'm like, okay, I see you, Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the race to the middle. Like every, I almost feel like, not that defense doesn't matter. And this is this was like a hot take on PFF at one point where you know they were they were saying it in an outlandish way. Defense doesn't matter, but there is something to the fact that defense doesn't matter as much as offense. And defense is like number eight through twenty four in the NFL. I don't know if there's that big of a difference. Right. It's just sort of like can you get make a couple plays in a given week? All right. Uh, before we go around one more time, let's uh, take a break. Ooh, <laughs> professional. All right, we're back. Uh, before we get to any other ones you want to throw out there, I just want to hit these 0-3 teams real quick. Jags, Jets, Giants, Colts, Lions. On Good Morning Football, they put up a graphic, which is just, and it, it tells you the state of Big Apple. Mm-hmm. This Western New York has nothing to do with this. Uh, Northern New Jersey football. The Jets and Giants are tied for the worst record in football uh, since 2017. I believe the number was 17-49. and 49. <laughs> it's it's something like that because I saw Garofolo tweet that out. I mean, think about that. But uh, of these teams, Jags, Jets, Giants, Colts, Lions, obviously we're selling, I would think, on all these teams, Connie, but can you make a case for one of them uh, digging themselves out of the grave? Clawing out, dirt under the fingernails. They're alive. Well, I thought, I honestly thought that uh, before Sunday that the Giants would be able to win because such a bad loss of the Falcons uh, killed them. So Just bad, them. and that came after the Thursday night game against Washington that should've they won. should have won, and they they basically had won that game seventeen different ways until they just crushed themselves with penalties, eleven penalties, and obviously that one at the end that was the killer. Well, what about the Falcons, the Dory Jackson? I think we brought it up but on Sunday night but that again you got to close out game so yeah you can make a case maybe the Giants should be actually two and one but the problem Connie is then you look at their schedule coming up they're not two and one they are oh and three they have no wiggle room and they're now they got to go to the Superdome which is going to be on fire it was literally on fire a couple weeks ago <laughs> now it's going to be on fire emotionally with the Saints team that's going to want to put on a show back in uh NOLA does anybody call it NOLA down there Greg. Yeah, late. people say no. Nola. Yeah. Nolans. Um, that's going to be a great vibe for the Saints and their fans. The Giants are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, the, the schedule after that game, they're not. They're not. They're cooked. Winning. They're not. What about winning. the Colts? Can we? Guys, and they were. They. I think they've been the best of all these teams. Like they're 18th in DVOA. The Giants are. Mm. It doesn't surprise me because to me they've kind of looked mediocre. Uh, but the Colts would be the one. Can team. you buy in on the Colts getting back to 500 and making this a season again? I can. Yes, because of the organization because they have moved the ball pretty well this year. And more than anything, just like hoping that the Titans don't run away and hide there. There are some soft spots in this schedule. You know, you've got the Texans when you got the jets, the Jags, you got, you know, Texans twice, Jags twice, like you could stack up some wins, uh, but you have to start doing it soon. They've, they've moved the ball fairly well, but like Carson Wentz, on injured ankles is just not it's, like an exciting. It's so bad. And I, I can't even imagine what his mental state is after last season with the Eagles it's just like getting crushed. Ouch. ouch and now playing on two ankles. just like, wow, ouch. I didn't realize Philip Rivers' shoes were so big to <laughs> fill. But I guess uh, they were. I tried to tell you. Yes, we all. Is, is Phil coming back? Is that still going to happen? There was that little oh, I forgot about random that. report at the end of August. They need to be competitive because mm. they also give up a bit. You got to root for Carson Wentz to stay healthy as an Eagles fan. Oh, I know. Because you get a better draft no pick. No chance. They, I really think there will be a controversy <laughs> at some point. Yeah. That if they're like two and seven, oh, they're they like, oh, yeah, we got to sit Wentz down and get him 100% healthy uh, for a few That could weeks. absolutely, that's a, that's a first round pick on the line. And that's a good call, Greg. They will absolutely. That's like a karma do thing that. for Philly pulling its starters against the Giants Espe- or against Washington for the Giants to lose the division. Especially, and it's, it's, so telling because you just saw CJ Henderson get 
traded as a number nine overall pick. I know Urban Meyer, before Urban Meyer was hired, there was no such thing as the Jaguars to Urban Meyer. So there's no sense to try to, to work with a guy that talented. But in general, once you start to get the calendar turns over to December, and then, of course, through the early stage of the offseason. It's crazy how draft-obsessed these organizations are and how draft-pick-obsessed they are. And when the Colts, if they internally turn the page to 2022, they're going to freak out about that pick, and they're going to say, there's no way we're giving that thing up to ride out the string with Carson Right, Wentz. he has to miss That's a story four line. or five games, which might happen naturally. Right. They, they might not have to do anything. Ooh, messy divorce, because he's going to want to play. Oh, okay. Okay, my comeback player of the year prediction, not looking hot. Oh, no. All right, uh, Greg, do you want to throw out either a two and one team or a one and two team that has been extreme to you? Yeah, in their well, own the way? most extreme team in the league to me is the Saints in terms of just being up and down. I'm buying them at two and one. Marshawn Lattimore, I think, could have an all pro cornerback season. Him missing week two was a big part of them. Uh, struggling so much in Carolina. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, too, missed that game. When they were back on the field and Dennis Allen has that front kind of cooking, they still have the bones of a really well-coached, I think, difference-making defense. There's only some defenses that matter around the NFL. I think they're one of them. And I I think as the season goes along, they will figure out something with this offense. Assuming Teron Armstead comes back at left tackle, which they should get him back at some point. Uh, the offensive line is really good. And I just think if you look at the Saints history, they often close much stronger that by the time we get to mid-November that they can figure some things out offensively. They can stay alive in the meantime. And they have been through a lot this year. And I think they should come out of that stronger than ever. And they're going to be in New Orleans this week. I know the team is just so excited to get back home. I'm sure. I know mulligans don't count in our league, but if you want to give them the mulligan for week two and they had COVID issues and injury issues and they're like five weeks into their uh, road they've trip. Got like a, they've got like the cafeteria worker co- coaching up the defensive line exactly. they don't have anyone like, else around. If there was any time to give a mulligan, even if you can't do it in the standings, it's that. So if you take out week two, awesome week one against the pack, really strong week three against the Pats in New England. And I know that Pats aren't the same anymore, but still that was a really good effort. Uh, yeah, I'm buying two. I think that I think, and they, they might not be that watchable okay. or fun. I mean, their their def their passing game is is a tough. Well, tough I'm buying Sean Payton. I'm buying right. his defense. Buying I'm buying defense Alvin Kamara, sure. but I'm not. I'm still not buying Jameis. No, and unless he's, you can build a quarterback like a rock in the QB index. I was going to say, unless you can in 2021 build a quarterback-proof team, that's probably going to bang him in the end. Which is why I have the Vikings as the one and two extreme team that I'm into because I just think. Again, no, you don't get anything for coming close, but they could easily be three and zero right now with a little bit of luck and execution. And they were just, Connie. They they were brilliant on offense against the Seahawks, shredding them in every direction without Dalvin Cook. And Mike Zimmer said after the game, it was the best offensive game he's ever been a part of as a Vikings coach. I I like the Vikings going into the season. I picked them to make the playoffs over the Saints, and I think. They are um, a better team, and I just want to like give a shout out to the the Vikings fans. I think we kind of sleep on the U.S. Bank Stadium as in the conversation of best home field advantage. Oh, I love I love that stadium, and I'm sure you've been in there on Thursday nights when the place is on fire. And I'm not just talking about the horn, although the horn was just going on constantly throughout that game. Twenty eight first downs, just a lot of horn rolling up. The, it was it was a horn fest. Um, I almost said something else, but mm-hmm. like the, it, it is a team that I think is going to build off that week three performance and they will be in position like eight and five uh, as they enter December. I feel that about the Vikings and buying. I was really impressed with Alexander Madison too. Yeah. I mean, coming Excellent. in 26 uh, for 112. I mean, he it just, it felt like he kept ripping off these runs that were the pretty, pretty long, just breaking off there. I just think that that, that team is a little spicy and his especially at, out of his mind. Right. I know. And that's <laughs> the thing because I don't, I keep being like, well, I don't buy into Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But then I watch and I'm like, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is like not that bad right now. And I loved uh, the quote that he had this week. I think it was this week when he was saying that Kyle Shanahan told him that his swag is having no swag. And I was like, oh my God, that's the most accurate thing you think I've ever seen. That's great. Is Cousins in that cube that he talked about in the summer? The plexiglass, I won't get the shot. I won't get the jab cube oh. to stay healthy. Because he, he obviously is vulnerable because he's not vaccinated. But so far, so good. <laughs> this is what Adam Thielen said. It's been a different Kirk. 
He's just locked in and on time. He's trusting it. So, that, I mean, that's a sometimes a narrative. Uh, uh, you know, he's different now. He's just playing really well. But he has... He's throwing up some... He's got some uh, passes that to. I don't think he would in the past. Like that completion to K.J. Osborne last week on the late third down. That's a ball that I feel like Cousins eats to oh, be a clobbered? little safer. You know, but instead he yeah. did a little Kyler Murray imitation, backpedaling and throwing yep. it. And he's made some plays on the run. You do have a Thursday night game. Are you going all season to every all stadium? Season, okay. Except for the London games. They're going to so. be hosting Why not? the Steelers so week 14. Is Kirk Cousins, um, like, would he be a good guy on the podium? Well, you got to be had worried. Him on the po- on the podium before. You might, and it was awkward. I remember. Yeah, because it was, no, it was with not Stephon your fault, Diggs, right? Yeah, yeah, they were having <laughs> issues. That <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, but that's against the Steelers. Like, um, yeah, you don't, you know, you want to be careful uh, with Kirk, but maybe he'll bring the make cube him go in the cube on, oh. and lower him from the ceiling. Make jokes about that. I'm sure it'll go great. I think. I think for some of the weeks, <laughs> every team is different. So sometimes we'll have a player up with us on like the dais. Other right. times we'll have a player just like throwing headphones on mm. from across the field. So if maybe you, that's a sometimes you'll have Sam Darnold, and he'll just be like. This crowd is great. Oh my god! I was like, uh, please. It was, it was even worse. Just give it was me a like little bit more. that was my favorite part. And we're gonna get to Thursday night football, but since you brought it up, <laughs> Darnold, you guys, you have him on the day. It's it's an exciting time. The Panthers are three and zero. It's a home game. You got uh, you know what two? It wasn't a home game. It was just oh yeah, those Panthers. There was a ton fans. of Panthers. You had like impressive. what two hundred, three hundred fans like right by the set, mm-hmm. and you guys tee him up. You say you said Sam, look at this. They're all here for you and celebrating with you. And then the camera's on Sam and he goes. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I and then, but then, and then there's a like a three second pause from you, Steve, and the gang, and you guys are waiting for Sam to give you something else, and it just never came. And then I don't know who it was, uh, but there was like a chuckle, and then it was like, uh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't You're just even, not going to get it. I wasn't even going to ask him about that, but I, I I couldn't ignore it because as soon as we started, awesome. the Panthers fans were just going wild for Sam Darnold. And I was like, this is a weird kind of thing to get used to. And there were so many of them in Houston. So I had to ask him. And I All thought right. for sure that like this is his opportunity to be like, Chance. here, let's talk Soak about the in. fans. Let's say Positive. how great they are, that they came out tonight, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I it, think No one had a worse start to their career in terms of just getting beat up physically, mentally, emotionally, being taken advantage of by a bad coaching. Sam Darnold, it was a nightmare. This was his moment to shine on prime time. And, and, and when he finally threw it to him and he had his chance to get it all out there, Awesome. He just seems like he's a guy that's really <laughs> tightly wound. Yeah. And I think that he went through a lot of trauma in Yeah, uh, it's the like in um uh, the uh, America, what was the South Park uh, guys movie, America number one force or whatever it was. And uh, they have the Matt Damon guy and he's just like, I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> that's darn. Maybe by the end of the year, if they keep winning, he'll loosen up as it. As a it's really awesome. <laughs> Maybe. I think he's just afraid to say the wrong thing. He's coached up well. He's a good guy. I, I said that after he got traded. Like, he deserves this because he went through hell. Um, we're off track. Do you have one before we move on? Do you have another one? Uh, we already extreme? we already covered all of the ones okay, that good. I had, like, prepared. Good, <laughs> good talk. I, I don't – if that comes off Broncos, being mean, Panthers, Raiders. No, we did it. We did if, it. If that comes off being mean to Sam Darnold, first of all, calm down. Relax. We're just having fun here. Or me being bitter about it, I'm Sam not. <laughs> There's Mark. Uh, it's it, it's just kind of funny to me because New York tried to get stuff out of Sam for years too. Colleen now has tried. One day, get yep. something out of Sam. It's going to happen. Yeah. And the reason Panthers fans are so excited is because they don't have to watch Teddy Bridgewater anymore. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're both undefeated. <laughs> That's true. We'll see. We'll see who finishes. Also, both former Jets. I mean, as if it's just like a, a stew of pain and agony for the Jets. Everybody that's ever been a quarterback, Bryce Petty's somewhere three and zero right now. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, before we go, Thursday night football. Pre- I keep on forgetting. I want to get the Priyanka song to get us ready. I know you love it in my city. Oh, that's good. I married a Jonas guy. That's exactly how it goes. It's become my identity. Is this it? You have it? I'm married to Jonas. My name is Jonas. <laughs> Best Weezer song, Greg. Um, 
I don't know. The but first song on the first album. Hit, my hit. name is Jonas. Yeah. No, that's not at the. That is. Yeah, this is. Oh yeah. Fantastic. And this is where, like, they would like show her superimposed in front of, uh, like, like Cincinnati, in front of Skyline Chili. <laughs> you know, it'd be like suddenly Priyanka's wearing a Bengals jersey in front of Skyline Chili. It was great. It was, I mean, the top of the line special effects graphics package in 2012. The best, like, digital city you could have behind um, an Indian pop star. It was, it was wonderful, um, but it didn't, it didn't take off the way we wanted it to. We liked that song, though. I liked it. Yeah, it was a whole thing on our podcast yeah. back in 2012. We had a podcast in, or no, 2013. That's and before I started old. working here. We had so a producer then that. who uh, at one later stole our Stitcher Award, but at this point was like, hey, I think we got Priyanka on the books. She's going to come in and do the show. And she's like, oh, she's like one of the biggest stars in the world. That sounds pretty good. It, it didn't materialize. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We had, we had Priyanka on the hook, we were told. You don't still think about it, though, right? <laughs> Never. <laughs> think about it. All right, let's get to it. Thursday night football. And on the surface, listen, Connie, you can't say it. I can. Feels like another dud for the fans. Oh, who wants to watch the Cincinnati Bengals Mm -mm. and the Jacksonville Jaguars in prime time? But here's the thing. I'll sell it this way. And I don't have to sell too hard. Yeah, the Jaguars are a mess and they're winless. But you get a chance to see Trevor Lawrence in his first prime time game. And Trevor's been obviously up and down, but Come on. He's Trevor Lawrence. This is going to be fun to watch him develop. And the other side, it's in Cincinnati. They're two and one. And there is some genuine good vibes around this team. When you look at their schedule, they have a chance here to get on a little bit of a run. Uh, and it starts with whipping up on an, a winless Jags team. It could be a celebration Cincinnati. And I, I love the idea, Connie, of Burrow, obviously, slam dunk, get him up on the dais if they win. And maybe Jamar Chase's buddy at LSU, and you could tell that you'd get more than it's awesome if you get those two guys together. Uh, there's no question. You might be get a get a cigar up there. Connie's oh, beaming right now, just I, thinking about it. I know. Well, now that now that you say it that way, I'm very excited. Because at first I was like, you know, it's a jungle cat game. Okay, cool. We got the the, <laughs> the Jags and the Bengals. <laughs> Classic. Um, but I'm excited to see Joe Burrow. Uh, I think that he's played really well. Also, last week he didn't. He had the luxury of not having to face T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So he was able to connect with Jamar Chase a bunch. And uh, those two have looked really good. Their connection, it's really carried over from college. Jamar Chase, four touchdowns and 220 yards on just 11 catches so far this season. Mm. So I saw from NFL research that Chase has become the youngest player in NFL history with four plus receiving touchdowns in his team's first three games, passing Randy Moss. Mm. So he's been outstanding. And I really love the trio of wide receivers that they have there. I know T. Higgins didn't play on Sunday because of the shoulder injury. And I'm not sure what the short week means for him. Could be a little dicey if he goes or not. But Tyler Boyd, he's sassy and I like it. He's talking some trash. I like what he had to say about the Steelers just giving up uh, at the end of the game. Mm, So love that. I think I know what he was talking or at least I thought, was he talking about Tomlin? Kicking a field goal with eight minutes left because that felt like giving up to me. It, it, oh, yeah. after the, uh, I think it was because it was a uh, fifteen play like nine minute drive, and they're like, we can't not score here. This is embarrassing. <laughs> we have to just kick the field goal to save our face. Yeah. Save my face. So, and going up against this Jaguars defense, I think that all of the opposing quarterbacks have diced them up so far. So Joe Burrow, I don't think will be any different. I am mm. also really excited about the Bengals defense too, who look really improved from last year. Right. That, that's been their story. Looking at uh, DVOA, I'm, I'm guessing they've got to be in the top five uh, defensively. They are fourth on defense right now, 25th on offense. So the first couple games, the offense was starting to come together, but this is why I just remind me last next preseason again. And it's just like, none of this stuff matters. It's like even early in the season, I was overreacting a little bit to burrow, but the first play of last week's game against Pittsburgh, he escaped from the pocket um, <laughs> In a, in a really great way. Like, I'm legitimately upset about this thing. What? Talking about the, the <laughs> preseason letting you down. Well, and just that we talk about these topics and Jamar Chase can't catch it and 
Burrow's not right. confident. And I didn't think Burrow looked confident in his knee the first couple of weeks, but okay, that's a, that makes sense. And then last week, you could see it on the very first play. He escapes multiple pass rushers. He starts doing kind of the running around Joe Burrow thing, and you could see... After that play, he was so confident. He cut on that knee multiple times, and he looked like Joe Burrow, and he started hitting players outside the numbers. And on that touchdown to Chase, look, he hasn't completed many deep throws this year, uh, even with that one. But you saw that last, like, five yards of the route where sure. Chase just goes, Whoom, and yep. it was just like, okay, that doesn't show up on the 40 time with, with Jamar Chase, but you could see it right there. And those two guys had... Incredible games. That was one of the best games of Joe Burrow's career, still, and, including last, including still, the rookie. Listen, you still probably should have taken the tackle, but if this is gonna be if this is gonna be what it is, and they really have something here, uh, they didn't blow it, and that's something to celebrate. And just don't don't mess this up, Bengals. You're gonna have seventy five thousand uh, West Cincinnatians and Midwesterners there. Do not do not blow this. And you know who else is gonna be there? Mm-hmm. Courtesy of definitely not huge. The tiny box. She hooks up Wesling Brothers. The place is going to be filthy. It's going to be lousy with Wesling Brothers on Thursday night in Cincinnati. We got three officially coming in. Wow. And, and one of them is Tim Wesling, and it's his turn to share the Wesling Brothers lock of the week. And I think you know where this is going. Hey, Around the NFL podcast. This is Tim Wesling. Uh, this is Chris Wesling's brother. You know him best as Wes. <laughs> got it. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's Tim. my turn to pick this week. So I'm going to the Thursday night game in Cincinnati. It's going to be Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. Sure, I'm a little biased, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing Trevor Lawrence play. But much more, I'm interested in seeing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase dominate, which they will do again this Boom. week. Boom! In that case, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. And I'm locking it up. <laughs> I mean, was that the greatest thing ever? Tim West. They all have their own. Nick sounds a lot like Chris, which will freak you out if it catches you the wrong day. Uh, but Tim doesn't sound like anybody else in the world. And Phil as well. So Phil sounds yeah. a, has like a little bit of Wes. I, I can I can hear when he talks. I feel like we're on a wrestling world tour this season. And I'm loving it. And I, I like I am the, loving I like it. I'm loving it so much. I won't point out this is actually a, you know seven and a half points in the desert. It is over our Let's our look them. in the mirror thing. But it's a Cincinnati home game. You're it's doing rules Wesley. on this we're on the fine. on. Uh, he's, he's very weird with the, this game in general. But you have to let's give him a little accident forgiveness because they did lock up against the defending champion Bucks who hadn't lost. Absolutely. You know, nine we'll give months. It to him. We'll give I it mean, to when him. you can lock up um, the worst team in football by far on the road <laughs> on a three day week. <laughs> Stop. You try to do it. They're you all know, listening you, right now. So just know in the future, check out what the desert's saying and try to keep it underneath seven points. Guess who else is going to be at the game with Ooh. the Wesses? Lakeisha. Oh, that's So we're right. having a party in Cincinnati. You get loose. Mm-hmm. Well, after after work. How loose are we getting? Are we getting wild? When do you get on a plane to come back? Uh, well, I have to fly to Philly first, and I'm doing the Saturday show from NFL Films. But you have a chance to go out after the game and have a little fun. A L- little bit, yeah. It, it's usually a late, like, that's we don't fun. get done that's until, great. like, midnight or so. But, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I want to see Trevor Lawrence, like, play better. I'm a little worried because this Bengals defense, as you mentioned, is playing really well. I don't know if a Wouzier, who's played really uh, good at cornerback, is going to be in for them. Suddenly, they're on their like third and fourth corners. Eli Apple played like 80 snaps. So, in theory, maybe you could attack them. Trey Hendrickson's been great for Cincinnati up front. But Trevor Lawrence, it's looked rough. It's been tough. And everyone understandably saying, you know, it's going to be fine. He had like the touchdown throw to Chark last week. That was an amazing throw. He has one or two of those every week. Um, but... DJ Reader also has been really good. I don't think he gets enough love either. But like Lawrence, yeah, but Lawrence, it, it is worth pointing out. Like, I wouldn't expect this to suddenly get great this season. You know, this three-game stretch is worse than any three-game stretch of some pretty good rookie quarterback kinda, season. So I think he'll get there eventually, but it doesn't seem like the scheme is helping him out much, and he, he's just really I'm late. Push with back everything. on that a little bit. I think the fact that you're pointing out. 
um, correctly that he's had a few wow throws every week means it, yep. it's better than a different situation where he's not giving you anything like I've seen from the number two pick, Zach Wilson, the last couple of weeks. I think Wilson's played better than Trevor Lawrence over. All right. Really? Well, okay. Barely, I see what you're if saying. I had to pick. One. I think also Trevor, he might be dealing. His expectations are a little inflated, but that's part of the deal when you're the number one pick and people say you're the best prospect since Andrew Luck. So I don't know. It's almost like I'm in a wait and see mode by Trevor Lawrence. And I would it would I would love to see him play well in this game because that would that's some juice. You could have Trevor Lawrence on the dais, too. That's true. That, that would be interesting as well. I think this is a good setup. Did you get, and we check in every week on this, any ATN Easter eggs into the telecast? Uh, of course week? I did. If you guys are going to give Score me a card. challenge like that, I'm going to deliver. I got Snow Patrol in. Got snow Patrol. I got Let It Snow. Uh, did you I get had, 12 inches of snow in there? I didn't. No. All right. Okay. That, was, that was maybe snow a bridge Patrol, too far. Uh, see, I, I don't know if it's taking off. Um, but oh my gosh, I asked Sam Darnold about it. Wait, I totally forgot to tell you guys. Oh, oh. So after the interview ended and we went to break, yeah. Sam Darnold was getting off the stage. And I was like, uh, oh, hey, wait, 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 real quick. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, is anyone in the locker room calling, uh, referring to the defense at all as like either Snow Patrol or, you know, like saying let it snow? And he's looking at me like I am insane, um, which I am at this point. And he was like, uh, no, nah, this nah, random like Irish rock band from the mid aughts. <laughs> he's like, no, um, that started two days ago on that podcast you were on with no other context. It hasn't reached the locker room I, yet, but we're trying to make it. It's happen. everyone has tried to make it a thing wherever Phil Snow has been. So I didn't realize this oh, at okay. Temple, they were doing it at Baylor. They were doing <laughs> it and like yeah, the local good. radio station there in town has been trying to do it. So for some reason, know. and, and, Darnold's only like 24 uh, and Snow Patrol hasn't had a hit for a while. But I, I guess I'm really curious. This, this Has Sam Darnold ever heard Chasing Cars? Has, oh, has he ever heard a, a Snow Patrol song. song? They got some bangers. All right. I love them. By the way, Greg. Well, what do we do this week, though? Do we, is oh. there a challenge for this week? Okay, what do we got? So, we got uh, so Jags and Bengals. Or if you want to tweet it later, we can get me, it on the I'm record that way. Uh, what about you, Greg? You got anything? We're going to give you something to try to, okay. and also listeners will make this a challenge. Why don't we call it the uh, TNF, uh, the ATN TNF challenge? That's a little bulky for a <laughs> hashtag. Nothing Ricky, too crazy though, because it then, then it's going to yeah. be like it's going to be tough to get in. I got flying camel spin in last week for Steve Weich and Stacey Dales, and okay. that might have been. So like, you're just doing this for everybody. Now we don't feel so special. No, 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 no. That was just a one week thing with them. You, I will always be true to. This okay. is my jam. Let me think on it. Okay. And we're, we'll see what we can do. And Ricky, if we can get things into the show, please pull it for Connie's next appearance on Tuesday. And, and Connie, thank you uh, for uh, you know stepping in. Of and course. Jim, you're a queen. Greg, the, the top five, I was a little distracted at one point at the end of our last segment because I was coming up with the top five Weezer songs. <laughs> Number one, The Good Life off Pinkerton. Number two, Island in the Sun. That's my fave. Off the Green Album. Number three, El Scorcho, also off Pinkerton. Number uh, two, My Name is Jonas. That is track one on the Blue Album. And the greatest Weezer song is Say It Ain't So. Don't overthink it. Mm. Don't overthink it. It's a functionally perfect perfect song. I'm I'm sort of part, partial to Undone the Sweater song just Great. because I remember Maybe number six. like when the video came out it was <laughs> the, like the song. album still hadn't come out and I was and it just blew my mind I was like what is this thing <laughs> what is this and me and my friend Phil went and bought the album like three weeks later and that wasn't day. even that the was, Happy Days video that, that was, was like before yeah that was before before you know videos were yeah coming out singles were coming out before albums they, that was an incredible editing. song that i completely just erased from my memory scene was deleted there but i'm, I'm with you i like the <laughs> song. how did, how did scenes get deleted old, from your memory how's that happen uh, it's just i mean i have no control over it they just they're just gone so here one day gone the next all right good stuff to, should we give any update on our london journey that we have a sold out show as people know and Everybody's upset because we keep on putting these shows on sale in the middle of the night in England and then they're sold out in minutes, which is awesome. But, you know, we get it. We're efforting for a second show. We're not sure if we're going to have it, but we're working on it. And if we do, we will promise you. Again, another Team America callback. I promise I will never die. We promise you that we'll give you a heads up when tickets go on sale. Right. If we we'll, have we'll put show. it at a specific time. It won't be in the middle of the night <laughs> and that then it'll be fair for all. But even that will be 
you know? Fair fun. for all and then a free for all. Nailed. I'm so bummed I can't come with you guys. We're going to have so many mojo moments. I know. Let me know about them. Just okay. text me every five seconds. Great. All right, good. And the Split Ends podcast is coming. I That's that, right. Ricky. Another plug for you. Because you are. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just a wonderful woman. Thank you. What do you want? I just want you to be my producer until I die. I want I want to be 90 years old and be really bad at talking football. You got and it. and you're stuck uh, to a promise that you gave me in 2021 that you would never leave me. Yeah, That's it's got really dark. Why? Oh, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Dan, the, the better my podcast does, you know, it doesn't mean I'm leaving. Oh, no, it does mean that. No. Look at you. You're already trying to get out. You're, if Split How? Ends has any success, there will be a Greg. There's going to be a conversation with a shadowy league figure. It's like, I just don't have time to be doing the producing thing anymore because I'm such a hit. Uh, I mean, this is mind. like a three-year-old story that her wanting to get out. So, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. You're, you're spinning false narratives. Greg. All right. Mm. And, and Ricky's going to be with us in London, too. Love it. All right. Let's go. Okay. Next time you hear from us, Thursday, the preview show. Thursday night, the TNF recap with me and someone to be determined later. Until then, heed the call. <laughs> <laughs>